These are just simple farmers. These are people of the land, the common clay of the new West. You know, morons. <laughs> Here we go. It's the first quarter of the beginning. You want to toss up a Hail Mary? They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. If you're good at something, never do it for free. I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not Halloween. Look, my friend, this is just where you and I differ. Grow up, Peter Pan. Chocula. If my answers frighten you, Vincent, then you should cease asking scary questions. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. Well, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell, Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 13, NASDAQ Futures up 64. Trying to nudge up here on Election Day. We have uh, Dow Futures up 122. Amgen's leading the pack up five bucks. Um, Microsoft up a buck 28. Do we have Mr. Brendan? We do indeed. I'm here, Chief. How are you this morning? Doing all right. So just uh, thinking about have it. Have you time. already gone to the polls? Have you voted early? No, I go, I'm going to go to the afternoon. I'm going to right, leave right after the close. And uh, that way I get to research how many people in my precinct have voted. If I go there like 4.30 ah. or 5.00. And when you do that, do they also tell you how many voted? Can do they have the information as how many voted in advance of election day? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, Brendan. I don't think so. Maybe I, I, I not, you know, I don't know how that works. Maybe you can enlighten us. All I know is that I'm a a fan of in-person voting only because it's a 80 yards to my front door. <laughs> I walk into <laughs> and, and it's never crowded. So, um, I, you know, I don't know why we're we're kind of a sleepy precinct, but. The uh, anyway, it's it's it works out fine, and uh, then we can go right to the to the bar after I voted no for all the judges and all that stuff. And I honestly don't know. One of these days, somewhere in my lifetime, maybe. Although I'm starting to, I'm starting to think maybe one. One of these days, I might actually vote for somebody instead of against somebody. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, I, uh, it, it seems, there was a time when I voted for people, but now. Many times it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, and, and I have, uh, I don't know, which, see, you, you, get, you get rounded around the edges, even though you're from the south side by law school. To me, if people do something sleazy, I, I just can't go with them, which leaves me, like, with no choice in half the election. I mean, I just, like, once Hillary let the futures firm put stuff in her account that wasn't hers, I, I, I couldn't vote for Hillary for dog, dog catcher. Now granted, mm-hmm. now, granted, if she's running against Attila the Hun as a dog catcher, some attorney would tell me, gee, she's a lesser of two evils. I don't care. She's still evil. I can't, I can't, I can't go there. And I, and I can't vote for Pritzker because he, this idea of paying money for other people's campaigns in the other party, to me, that's a, that's a non-starter. I, I can't go there. But then I, don't know if I, yeah. can't, but then I can't vote uh, for I, Bailey either. So I don't know. I think there's going to be a Brendan Cornyn write-in on the, for governor. I'll take it. You know, and that's one of the advantages, that I can serve as governor of the state of Illinois, but I cannot serve as president. Why is that? I was born in Toronto. Mm -hmm. But your parents were citizens, weren't they? No, both my parents came from Ireland. So I was, they they were part of the immigrant trail, and at the time that they were trying to get into the country, they couldn't make it directly into the United States because of immigrant restrictions. They wanted to keep out all those Irish folks. 
Well, that's a good. That was a good thing back then, and now too, I suppose. <laughs> we always, and we so, always. Like, and, and so my parents did what many other of their contemporaries did. They settled in Toronto for a while, and then were able to move from Toronto into the United States uh, as citizens to get their citizenship. Now we didn't get our citizenship. I was naturalized in 1960 when they were, but uh, we had to go through the naturalization process. I'm going to say we might have been in Toronto at the same time. Because when my mom married my stepdad, he had a job in Toronto at the time, and I was uh, so I did uh, first half of first grade in Toronto. Maybe I did all first grade. No, I did first half of first grade in Toronto. Hmm. Yeah. See, so you were you were behind me in Toronto because I was born in Toronto, and I think we were born around the same time, maybe a year apart. Yeah. Uh, and and almost the same day, I think, if I remember correctly, your birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks, like the twenty seventh or the twenty eighth. Yep. And mine's the 29th. So really? I was born in 53 in, uh, in Toronto, and then we moved to the States in 54, 55, something like that. Okay, because we were, uh, I'm going to say my mom, uh, well, my dad died in 56. She probably got married in 58, so I was probably there 58-ish, 57-ish, yep. late 57. Yeah, because I, I started school at St. Leo in 1959. started first grade in St. Leo Grammar School in 1959. All right, because I was second grade at St. John Fisher by the time I made it back here. Mm-hmm. So we're close. Let's so see, see our paths crossed, nearly yeah. crossed again in Toronto as well as on the south side as well as in high school days. Well, you know, the, the weird part of it is is Toronto is now technically bigger than Chicago. Mm-hmm. But the place we used to live was a was, I guess a, I don't think of the word in a, in Canada. But we were in a we were in a suburb called Dan Mills. Yeah. And now if you if you go to Toronto, I went up there a couple times for business. I said, gee, I'm gonna try and find this Dan Mills place. All that stuff has been annexed by the city. Hmm. So Dan Mills is now like a neighborhood in Toronto. So that's that's one of the reasons why they got as big as Chicago. They stole all the suburbs, I think, or whatever the hell they call them. Well, that's what Chicago did, too. You know, a lot of the neighborhoods that are in the, the fringes, like um, Morgan Park used to be part of the, the city. Austin used to be part of a, a, a suburb. And the city of Chicago annexed a whole bunch of those to amalgamate. That's why, in, by the 1950s, they were, that was a high point of its population. Um, yeah. But it wasn't much bigger than it was 1900. Chicago? Yeah, 1950. It wasn't that much bigger. 1900, we were the top, one of the top ten cities in the world. Well, yeah, but I mean, from area-wise, we yeah, started okay. adding a lot of suburbs after the war in, in the 30s and 40s and early 50s. They started to annex a lot of uh, the suburban areas. Well, how many people did we lose when they built the Ryan and the expressways? They had a move. Quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few people. Well, what do you make of, uh, we've got the election going today, and I, I don't know, I, I, I guess somehow or another, maybe this is the only place, some people tell me it's the only place they hear straight stories about inflation, uh, and on the other hand, I get tired of talking about it, so it's, but I did a little calculation here this, this morning, Brendan, and I, I honestly believe, and this is not, I mean, the, and the Republicans and the Democrats are absolutely equally uh, to blame for this, going back to, to to George Bush putting the war on a credit card, and it's and it's interesting how both sides use it. And I have some of my my right wing friends 
all over this inflation is Joe Biden. I go, you know, I just, I really, I really can't argue with people that, that know nothing about a subject. I mean, I just, you know, really, this this started in, 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 with the with the Viet, with the uh, Iraq War for God's sake. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's been a coming on. It doesn't matter who's in the government, but I, I think uh, one thing you, you get, I think Brennan is is people. You know, you you can't. There's a lot of sources of news, I guess. I don't know if they're really news or not, but there's a lot of sources. But for whatever reason, I, you, I can never really get a straight story on this inflation. By, by the, the people, on t- do they make too much money? Does it not affect them or what? The uh, I think that you know we, you never really see. I don't know. There's, there needs to be a, a a paper where you get to write a column or something. I'd feed you one once in a while. Uh, about there needs to be some truth someplace. And I mm-hmm. and I'm going to say that. Coined in the late seventies, inflation is the cruelest tax of all. Without without question, it's the cruelest tax at all of all, for for most I of society. I agree with you completely. Okay, that's that's two of us. How, and it's insidious. I just did a little a little scratch here uh, this morning. This is this is my math's usually pretty good for an old guy. Um, I'm going to say some dude who <clears throat> was making forty two grand three years ago. And let's say the, the the inflation bubble at the end of the day, Brendan, is going to be thirty to thirty-five percent. It, it's mm-hmm. it's right there. I mean, the calculation is right there. Maybe twenty-five, thirty if the velocity's down a little bit. But still, it's let's say thirty percent. So so if some dude or dudette is making forty-two grand. Okay, and now all of a sudden they get this bump, twenty-five percent, which leaves them a little short of inflation still, right? They're going to be mm-hmm. making they're going to be making fifty-three. Okay, so at it, 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 forty-two percent, you're going to pay. Now we didn't. We had all these tax brackets under Reagan, so all the all the, I'm going to say dumbos who think that Reagan helped everybody out. The inflation under Reagan, there were so many tax brackets. The biggest winner was governor. It was the government because you jumped about five tax brackets with the same income, really, right? Inflation adjusted. Yep. So let's say this person goes. If I bore you here, just cut me off. Uh, say you go to four, fifty-three thousand. Well, your tax rate federal goes from twelve percent to twenty-two percent. All right. So, so the twelve percent you're now paying twenty-four twenty in income tax on that eleven grand. Your payroll taxes are sixteen fifty. Your Illinois taxes are five fifty. So out of the eleven grand you think you just made, your taxes are forty-six twenty. So you're basically fifty-four hundred dollars to the good. And God help you if you're paying your own insurance, because now you're getting helped by Ob- not getting helped by Obamacare because you're over fifty grand, which mm-hmm. is going to cost you another what twelve hundred a month plus. The, uh, maybe I don't know if you're getting full. I'm not sure if you get full help on the Obamacare at forty two or not. But say another six hundred a month, eight hundred a month. Guess what? You're down on the day, not including the inflation. Well, I agree, and that's a good way to look at the calculations for the true bite of inflation. But why why is it that everybody's silent on this? They just talk about it. They talk about the price of gas and food. That has that's a little bit of it, Brendan. But it's it's not even close to the numbers that, that people. I mean, I, I I did this because in the you know in the seventies I'd get I got a raise, and all of a sudden I was three tax brackets up, and I'm like, wait a minute, 
What, what, I didn't get a raise. What I, get, I, you know, I, I did a little bit, but I didn't. I didn't get a raise as much as I thought I was getting. A yeah. Raise. Well, the infl- inflation was ten. I got a five percent raise, and guess what? I'm really only three percent ahead. How am I doing? No, plus that. No, I think, yeah. But what I think happens right now is everybody's looking at the immediacy of what's in front of, and and you know that's one way to look at it. You go to the grocery store, and groceries that cost. A hundred dollars a couple of weeks ago are now costing one hundred fifty. You go to the gas station and to fill up your tank now costs eighty hundred bucks instead of you know forty or fifty. And those are real dollars coming out of your pocket. Uh, but I think a lot of those are not just simple answers. You know, people see the immediacy of those, but the more insidious way is what you just said. When you're looking at the tax brackets and the impact on people's income and yeah, I do think that a lot of the things that happen in the inflationary market that we look at with groceries and gases are very complex issues. You can't just say it's because of Biden or the Democratic policies or that it will be corrected by Republican policies in a very short order. There's a number of things that factor into the, the groceries and gas and everything else that we're looking at for immediacy of inflation. Those are not simple answers, but we're looking for simple answers. The idea is that if if the Republicans get in and a sweep sweep both the Senate and the House today, then inflation will go away by Friday, and that's not going to happen. Well, the uh, it, it it basically comes down to, and you know this, if, if if the government does not balance their books, they call upon the Fed to print money to pay for it, pay for the mm-hmm. excess. And both sides do that. And then for whatever reason, the obnoxious Republicans, and not all of them are like that, obviously, or the obnoxious Democrats, are convinced that their side doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trump put through a tax decrease under, under the guise that over a period of time that would pay for itself and, 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 and you know, whatever, and his productivity thing. That is so, down. That, 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 <laughs> that is, that is so damn ignorant. It is so damn ignorant. No, 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 no. Fourth grader would go through the math and say, "In ten years, you're ahead on this thing." Yeah, they put it through. People sort of believe it, or really don't care. All they care about is they got a discount. So basically, the Republicans cut taxes, and and say they're going to pay for it through the tax cuts, which never works. The Democrats give people money, and say somehow or another that's going to cause productivity to increase. And by the way, you get more taxes, and that never works. So e- either side has their own game. Basically, given given money to their voters to to mollify them so they can get back in. Neither one of them has any 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 truck with actual real addition or subtraction. I mean, that's is that is that a cynical way of looking at it or not? Well, I don't think it's a cynical way of looking at it. I think it's an accurate way of looking at it. Both sides appeal only to their to their voters. But the the interesting thing to me is that you know I still think that a lot of Republican tendencies benefit the rich, and that's part sure of the, the real disparity in income that we see across our country right now that's been building for the last 40 years. Uh, you know, when you look at the, the top 1% versus the bottom 40% and how, how it's uh, just increasing the disparity between those numbers of, of income, it's, that's another issue waiting to happen. Well, the I'm going to say that both sides do that because the Democrats pour money allegedly at the at, at the the regular stiff, but the money never makes it to the regular stiff. So they they lose in the execution 
what the Republicans do on purpose. It -hmm. still goes to the rich people. I mean, I don't think any administration, well, except for the current COVID thing, which I don't think any administration had a bigger uh, stretch between rich getting richer and people getting poorer than Obama. He's Democrat. Um, I I think that 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 continued to exacerbate under Trump. Oh yeah, especially with the tax cuts. But that's well, I guess that's sort of my theme here, which you can never find from me talking. Is it doesn't matter; they're both the same. They just do it in a little different way. I mean, people bitch at Biden for throwing money at people through the COVID, and yet Trump probably lost, and to this day is pissed off because the, the Senate or the Florida House Congress wouldn't let him send out that big of a check, and then Biden did. He wanted mm-hmm. to do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's, there's no difference there in terms of what they, well, they both wanted to buy the buy. The, they both wanted to send you a check for the vote, <laughs> and, and Trump got got stopped by Congress. He's what he sent twelve hundred. Not, not really. I mean, Trump. The, the Republicans did go for uh, a, a COVID bill while Trump was still in office, but he talked against that and the need for that because COVID really wasn't an issue under Trump. But but, but so the, it was fine. But the rest of the day, at the end of the day, the last five months he was in there, <clears throat> he wanted to send a two thousand dollar check, and where the, the, or the Congress cut him back to what? And, and that was delayed until. But you're right. I mean, that was delayed until Biden got in office yeah. and he got the credit for it. I'm going to say if, if Trump would have been able to do that, he'd have got more votes. <clears throat> now, whether he'd have won or not, I don't know. But, but uh, I mean, he, to this day, I'll bet he's pissed off he wasn't allowed to do it. Well, I, I think he's pissed off for a lot of different reasons. Well, he just... The fact that more people voted against him than voted for him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, it's it's kind of crazed. I, I, uh, what did you think of, uh, we only got a couple of minutes, what, what do you think of the, the Nebraska style? Of, uh, of course, I can't get anybody to agree with me on this. Um, I, I don't think the current idea of winner-take-all in the states is a good idea. I don't see why the Republican districts in Illinois should have no vote. I don't see the couple of Democratic districts they might have in Wyoming have no vote. This idea of only five states really dis- determine everything, I, I, I just have a problem with that, Brennan, because that's not really the idea that there's you know, <clears throat> 50 votes in one state, and it's winner-take-all. What about all the people who voted for the other guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you like the Nebraska model, or do you like everybody else and think I'm nuts? No, I think that I, I think that it, that a better proportion of representation... I mean, there are a couple of things you can look at. One is the uh, the stack voting that they're doing in Alaska, um, where, you know, you, you wait until somebody gets 50%, but if you've got five candidates... You take the top two, you drop the, the lowest one, and then you go to the second choice for people for each one of those, that rank voting. Um, you know, it has problems. It has some problems, but it also has some appeal and in a way that, that could bring about a, a different type of election. I also agree with you, though, that I would like to see proportionate voting because, you know, in many states, uh, so many states are disproportionately represented. And you just mentioned an example. Someplace like Wyoming, or Montana has as much say so, well, disproportionately a say so, than a Texas, a Florida, a California, just because of their population. And I've talked about this a lot in the past, too, that it's also an unfair system with minority rule when you look at the number of uh, senators for Wyoming versus California or Texas. Everybody gets two senators even though the population disparity is enormous. Well, yeah, I don't know how you... 
how you fix that except that you could say states rights but nobody would pr- nobody would make the states the way they are now no <clears throat> and unfortunately the, the way the system was put in place back in the late 1700s early 1800s was a compromise to make sure that the larger states didn't overwhelm the smaller states however now we're at a point where it's disproportionately the other way it's the, the minority control and we've talked about this on the show the yeah. minority control based on how the Senate is comprised as well as uh, you know the number of states we have what uh, no, we have like 30 seconds next week let's talk, what do you think of this, this Twitter fiasco <laughs> With the uh, if a disaster waiting to happen, I'm only going to get worse. I think it may be the end of Twitter as mm-hmm. we know it. I, I, I mean, I can't. It, it, it amazes me for, that for somebody as brilliant as Musk is in so many ways to be able to get Tesla operating, to get SpaceX, that he does things that are very, very simple-minded and creates so much everybody fiasco, mm-hmm. chaos theory. Well, everybody who's uh. Everybody's strength is also their biggest weakness, right? Mm. That's true. That's right. The, uh, all right, bud, we, we will uh, talk at you next week, if not sooner. Might need uh, maybe this week uh, we'll do an election review and have a couple of guys on, if you wouldn't mind. It'd be cool. Let me know. All right, bud. SP Futures up 6, NASDAQ Futures up 52. Be right back, Mr. Joel Ancona. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freaks Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck, get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Support the Stocks and Jocks team. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, and Chief's favorite, the Stocks and Jocks ladies thong, all available at our online store. Just go to StocksandJocks.com and click the link to order any amount of great Stocks and Jocks merchandise for yourself and any other Stocks and Jocks listener in your life. The prices are affordable and the selection is out of the park. The Stocks and Jocks online store at StocksandJocks.com. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right now. Right here. Right there. Right there. Well, I'm going to pick a section. I'm going to on the board. SP Futures up six. The NCAA Futures up 51. So we're still up, but we're getting a little more muted here. Muted. Dow futures only up 54. That's even with Amgen up seven bucks. Uh, so that's interesting. That's almost that's all more than 54 right there. Over in Europe, we've got DAX up 34.2 percent, FTSE down 15.2 percent, CAC around down 80 cents. Call that flat. So I guess Europe average is out the flat. Uh, yesterday we had the Dow up 423, S&P up 36, Nasdaq up 89. So it was a pretty good up move. Uh, I've been long for my people pretty long for the last two days, so it's been good. I did roll puts up last night thinking that it might be a little too much too good, but it's still we're still a little long, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what the market does. Nikkei up 344, that's 1.2%. Shanghai down 13.4%. Hang Seng down just a little bit, minus 38.2. So they've come back 2,000 points since their 14.4 low the other day. So Hang Seng has bounced off the... Well, we're not sure if it's the bottom. The let's say the we hope the bottom. Uh, pretty good here. Uh, bonds unchanged at 4.21. The bond up three basis points, 2.35. Japan unchanged, 0.25. Oil uh, down 93 cents, 98 cents, uh, 90.81. Brent down 74.97.18. Natural gas down 40 cents, 6.54. Arbob down two cents, uh, 2.63. We've got gold down seven, but it's had a it's had a big strong in the last few days. 1673 silver down 15 cents 2076 copper unchanged 361 we've got uh, bitcoin down a thousand bucks 1100 actually 1100 19,704 so back under 20,000 and we've got the uh, the dollar is actually stronger against the euro euros 0.999 so it's under a buck by just a little bit and the british pound is down to back 1.14 so 
The low is 104. The, the recent high has been 117, so it's the high end of that range. Mm. Matt, what do you got for us, traffic weather sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 6.37 a.m. on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago this morning looking fairly normal this morning, so not much to worry about other than uh, the, your, your regular business out in the Dan Ryan. Uh, weather in Chicago today, expect a high of 58 degrees and a low of 44. Uh, currently temperatures at 44 degrees. Sunrise at 6.31 this morning, mostly sunny skies throughout the day. In Phoenix, clear skies, high of 81, a low of 54, currently temperatures at 54 in Phoenix. Last night in the NBA, Bulls at home with, uh, with Toronto Raptors, Bulls win at 111-97. Phoenix Suns played Philadelphia 76ers and lost, Phoenix 88, Philly 100. Week 9 of the 2022 NFL season ended last night. Uh, Baltimore Ravens played Saints in New Orleans. Ravens ended up taking home a win with a final score of 27-13. Ravens leading in AFC North with six wins and three losses this season. That's all for now, Chief. Back to you. Do we have Mr. Joel? We do indeed. Joel, vote early, vote early. Good morning, Chief. Good morning. So, um, so like my dad, when, uh, when I was a younger kid and I, we, uh, I was with my dad and we hear sirens in the background and everything. He would turn to me and say, they're, they're coming to get you. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> they're, they're right, you know. I'm just trying to imagine. Hey, you. it's loud back there. I'm just loud back there. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just imagining, trying to imagine you as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be like. Who, that would be a whole whole other show. Who, who's the little guy on TV with the little bow tie that knows everything? What's his name? Uh, Dookie Hauser? No, to, I don't know, whatever his, I don't know, the little kid that knows, he's a genius, but he's, he's such a little nerdy dude. That would, that would not be you. De- De- Dexter's Laboratory. No, no. Yeah. Of? So no. how you doing, uh, Chief? You ready for the election? You ready for whatever this market's going to throw at us? Uh, I'm ready. I uh, I just, every, every election cycle, it just amuses me that everybody who's on the right is convinced that the market absolutely prefers Republicans in office, the presidency and the Congress, and yet... The statistics don't bear that out at all, but it's but it's if you tell a lie often enough, everybody believes it, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, you know we we don't we don't like to go into politics on you know on this show, and I know it's difficult for you in your position too. But love to see a great turnout, man. I like to see people. I like to see the you know what side people are on. I'm well, you can. What side I'm on. You can come down into my. Like you can come into my precinct with me. And it won't tell you anything. Everybody's unopposed. The people I vote for in a district nowhere even near me for, like, state senator and rep. We're just like a little finger of a neighborhood they stole because it's the people on the west side. It's a west side <laughs> district. And everybody in Chicago, half the people are, are, are running unopposed anyway. So what's the my, – my, my guy, Mike Quigley, I think he's unopposed. If he's not, I don't know. Maybe I'll vote against him. I have no idea. But it's uh, – you know, how many times – how, how thrilled can you be about voting for water reclamation district and about five thousand judges? <laughs> uh, well, there's other issues in our ballot, but um, what about the market, Chief? Yeah, what do you I think? Mean, if you would have thought about it, and I would have told you that Apple is going to be, but but uh, you know, have some weak guidance, and then Microsoft would miss, and Google would miss, and Amazon would miss. And then, and then uh, you know, the dreaded uh, delay of the iPhone shipments, and, uh, and the market's not back at 3500 Chief, what are the bears doing out there? Well, I think we've, we've seen somewhat of a shift. As you, as you know, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, because we talked about it, maybe it was a week, well, it had to be more than a week ago, but I went, yeah, through, I went, through, the, I went through the FANG Plus since, since the beginning of the year. So we're talking about Facebook, 
Amazon, Netflix, Google, and Microsoft is the plus. Uh, they were down almost $3 trillion on the year. And in the last week and a half, even with these last couple of days of rally, they're down another like four or $500 billion in market cap. So those, those but it's, it's been picked up by stacks, I would say, I would say sleepy stacks that retain a lot of inflation power. Home Depot yep. has huge power. Yep. Kellogg's, the guy last week, came on TV and told everybody, basically, I can stay ahead of any inflation, I just raise prices. Because there's not, evidently there's not enough competition in cereal. There's anybody who is, I mean, uh, the guys from McDonald's, I mean, it's a joke. Their 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 costs go up eight percent. They raise you twenty. I mean, it's like you know, really. I mean, it's a uh, so anybody in that area, you look at where stuff is is going and the stocks that are going up. It's all places that have pricing power to have some sort of a, uh, I won't say a cartel arrangement, but something like that. I mean, look in the oil in the oil area. It's not the oil that's making the money. It's the refineries. The spread between our Bob and what you're paying at the pump is record highs, isn't it? It is. It is. And uh, I, you know, I'm one. I've been a little bit, um, you know, surprised by, you know, the buoyancy of the uh, of oil. Um, I guess see, guess it goes into the recession, non-recession pot. You know what I yeah. mean? If you're talking recession. That people are going to be traveling less and doing things less and driving less, but that's not the case. I tell you, I did a little travel this weekend, and man, the airports are packed, the parking lots are packed. I mean, don't see this imminent, you know, imminent recession coming, even though everyone keeps telling me about the inverted yield curve. Well, yeah, I don't even know that that's an indicator like it used to be. I mean, not, nothing. History history repeats itself, but also nothing's like it used to be. It's never the same. It's always sort of the same. Yeah. I mean, this. What they, what it, what's the thing? One of the guys on our show has said, you know, history doesn't, you know, always repeat itself, but it often, often rhymes. So that's what you see. But I'm seeing a market here, just uh, a rotation out of tech. It is just absolutely relentless. And if you think, I don't know, you want to be optimistic and say these other 495 stocks can hold up you know, the entire index because they still even got a long way to catch Apple, Microsoft, oh, Google, sure. Amazon, and even Tesla. I mean, they're, they're going to be up there for a while. It's going to take rotation. It's going to take trillions upon trillion dollars of rotation to actually get this to be a more broad-based market. Well, some, sometimes, uh, Joel, you could, you could get some solace in dropping back into, I would say, the, the fundamental numbers. And when you look at a market right now and you say, God, it's up, it's up a lot, it's down a lot, it's all over the damn place, um, you can say that's irrational, but, it, but it's really not. I mean, if you were to take a, a simple case of if, if someplace, uh, you know, if there's a housing complex or an apartment complex, that returns you a million dollars a year. And I'm going to say, okay, Joel, how much is that worth? If you say, well, I can get interest at 5%, so, you know, a million divided by 0 .05 is, what, 20 million bucks, right? So, but if you say, well, the interest rate's going to be 3%, then it's worth 33 million bucks. So when you're having this massive idea that the Fed is might go to 5 or might go to 4.5 or 4 or someplace... But the people on TV, that and, and a lot of people just happen to be investors that, that are under the age of 35, 
have never seen interest rates like that, which you and I would consider to be normal. So they're convinced that we're going to go back to this 2% number, and the market should always be valued, <laughs> should always be valued like that. But I'm saying there is a massive difference in how much Microsoft is worth at a 2% interest versus a 5 I mean, it's not even close. Reaching value of earnings. Yeah. Reaching value of earnings. Yep. So, I mean... I mean, Microsoft, I would have put, you know, I mean, it's these other growth companies that, you know, the growth technology ones, the, the scary ones. But I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your point. No, I'm just saying that the, that the point is the market is not irrational here. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's having a real trouble well, trying to figure out what number we're going to settle on. Once it does, you'll find the market calm right down. But, I mean, right now you've got people that are absolutely convinced that the Fed can't wait to pivot and go back to like one and a half percent. Oh I, man, I, I, then, right, these people need to be taken out to the barn and exterminated. It's yeah. not normal. It's abnormal. No, no. The, first of all, rates have to stop going up. Then they got to stabilize. You know, stabilize at right. a certain level, and then maybe. But anyways, uh, Chief, I just real quickly. Uh, I haven't been to a game yet, but man, oh man, Jet Howard. Yeah, are you scalping? John's uh, second son? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, he's got, oh, man, he's got talent. And I haven't seen him play in person, so I can't fairly judge it yet. Michigan's got 9 out of uh, 12 new players on the team. But I'm just telling you, this Jet Howard, man, he's big. He can dribble. He can hit threes. He plays defense. Are they, are um, guys all trans- I'm excited. Are they all are they, the young kids or are they transfers or both? Well, that's uh, Juwan's kid. Okay, well, I'm saying he, he, he came in and he's, he a, he's a freshman. In, he's a freshman. He almost went to Tennessee. And um, his other brother, Jace, is a junior. Um, he's not as good, you know, he's good, but he ain't no Jet. And uh, they got some other players I'll tell you about. I'm, I'm a little optimistic, even though we got a lot of a lot of uh, new talent coming well, out. Well, it's not like the gene pool is bad. The old man's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually his wife, I think his wife was an athlete too, so keep an eye on that name for now and in the future. Okay? Well, but you take care of yourself. SB Futures up 5, News okay. up 47. Be right back, Mr. Kenny Polkari, after a very short break. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 
708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Lord, Lord, stocks and jocks. I'm Tom, I'm West Burn on the board. SP futures up five. Nasdaq futures up 46. We were up higher, but still higher after an update yesterday. We have Mr. Kenny. We do. How are you, bud? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just walking the streets of Nashville, Tennessee. What are you doing in Nashville? <laughs> I'm actually guest hosting a television show today from 1 to 1.30 today tomorrow on behalf of a friend of mine who's, uh, who's away, uh, whose show I appear on, you know, once a week on Wednesday. So uh, I came down here to give it a whirl. Good for you. So you're just leaving one of the bars? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just left my hotel. I'm on my way down to the studio. Uh, preparing for a 1 o'clock slot? <laughs> yeah, because it's the first time I've done it, so I want to I want to get down there and meet some people. I want to figure it out. I want to see the lay of the land. You know, I just don't walk in and do this stuff. I yeah. have to prepare myself. You're not like Frank Sinatra. Does other people like do all the rehearsing for him? He just walks in and does one take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. I'm sure tomorrow I'll be fine. But today, you know, day one. So I just want to make sure I I get the lay of the land. I have a feeling you'll be spectacular. Well, we'll see. Thank you. The uh, so anyway, what's going on? Oh, well, you know what is? Uh, I just was. Kind of just lobbing out some uh, bad stuff about inflation earlier, so I want to go through that again about how it's like the cruelest tax and and how the everybody on your former station CNBC, every person is talking about if the Republicans get in, how it's this massive rally is going to happen. And why why is it, Kenny, that there's been oh, since like eighteen whatever the hell it was, and the Dow started, there's there's never been any advantage over over the hundreds of years of one party versus another, and yet everybody no, there hasn't. No, there hasn't. I actually think the biggest advantage comes when, when there's a split uh, Congress, right? Because then it forces uh, much more cooperation and it gets rid of the fringe, right, on both ends. On both the far left and the far right. They get pushed out in the middle. You know, most of the, both parties come to the middle. And that's when you see um, some stuff get done, right? There's still gridlock, but the market likes gridlock. Can you name the, the three presidents? The old, There's only been three presidential terms in which the market was actually down. Can you? I bet you can. Can you name them? Hmm. Uh, if you had given me full warning, I would have been able to. I can't off the top of my head. Oh, sure, you'd have Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I could see you, me calling out, uh, if I was on, well, who wants to be a millionaire, and I was calling you at home, you were feverishly <laughs> working the computer. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll tell you, they, they, they should be fairly obvious. I, one was yeah. clear, clearly Hoover. Mm. Hoover, yeah. Uh, the other was, was Roosevelt. I think it was his first term. Or maybe a second time. Yeah. One of the, the other one was uh, Bush too. Mm. Bush too. All right. Well, I wasn't around for Hoover Roosevelt. I was around for Bush too, though. But I don't really remember that. But whatever. Yeah, but it's a. Uh, so I mean, this whole idea that you know one versus the other. Uh, we've been. Uh, I just. I don't know that there's anything right now either party can do differently. I, I think I suspect that the Republicans, if anything, would put a stop to some of the 
crazy spending mm-hmm. bills. But then, of course, right. if they get the presidency, then they'll ramp through another tax cut, which is the same thing. Well, yeah. okay, but but let, let's let's just take one election at a time. Yeah. Let's worry about what happens now, because a lot can certainly change in two years. We know that. Um, but yes, I think if the, if the if there's a change in the House in the Congress, then yeah, we'll rein in some of the out of control spending, right? And so we'll try to bring some normalcy back, and so the market will appreciate that, right? And as investors will appreciate that, because otherwise, inflation is going to continue to spin out of control. Which, by the way, I think is still very much a possibility. I, well, I think it it certainly I mean there's no question that the Fed has cut back. But that doesn't yeah. mean I mean I how do you how do you feel about this, Kenny? I mean it's it's weird. They they really have cut back uh, in terms of the last five or six months the money supply is actually down a little bit. Yeah. And and, and the uh, they are pulling stuff off the balance sheet and and that's what leads me to believe that the the actual uh, inflation the the accelerator to the inflation the back has been broken and right now the problem really is a price level that nobody can deal with which which isn't the same as price increases it's just a level no, but, but it's yeah, yeah. but do you do you think that prices have stopped increasing do you think that we've hit the peak because I'm not sure we've hit the peak yet I think that's what concerns well it, well that's my you know that's one of my biggest complaints is that the 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 housing prices for instance how can I put it this way is we we have I'm going to say we have a 35% inflation bubble that happened between two and a half years ago and two years ago. There was a two-year period where these guys pumped 40% of the money supply into the system. We have a 35% inflation bubble that is there no matter what they're going to do. Now, the problem is the CPI is so slow, it's only recognized probably half of that, with the rest still to be recognized. But it doesn't mean that... It, it, it's already happened, I guess is what I'm saying, in terms of right. So I don't know. I don't know. It, it makes it kind of hard. I I don't honestly don't know, Kenny. You know, I'm a monetarist at heart. I don't know what you do at the Fed level to bring car prices down from 47 grand when your average American can't afford one. I mean, you don't. I don't, I don't think you. Yeah, I don't think you can at the Fed level bring car prices down. Right. I think that's really an economic issue that's going to end up happening. Just because the economy is going to slow now, is that the result of the Fed, or is that going to be the result of both a change in leadership, which is going to pull back on a lot of the stimulus spending, which should alleviate some of the upward pressure and in inflation and cause things to kind of come back to earth? Because I don't think I don't think that's uh, you know a, 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 a Fed responsibility. Nor do I think the Fed can really control that. Right. Well, I, here's here's here's, here's control is the extent of how the economy does in terms of the price of money. Well, here's here's my greatest fear. And I'm, I'm going to ask you. I, mean, I, I saw this, you know, in the '80s. I mean, I was fortunately, unfortunately, or fortunately, old enough to have seen it firsthand. Yeah. The the concentrations in industries now are so much greater than they were back then. That yeah. I I think we've got a real problem, and I don't I don't know how much you have to drain out of the system before the four infant infant formula places cut prices. I don't know. I don't know how much you have to drain out of the system before. You know the the Lowe's, Home Depot, damn near monopoly countrywide, except if you've got a Menards around, decides to go back to where lumber prices are on a wholesale level. I mean, I don't I don't know how you beat that up because I think these places are so. I mean, you, you heard it. You saw the guy from Kellogg the other day talking about we, we can raise prices whenever we damn well please, basically. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how. And they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you combat that because it's in every. I won't say every industry, but it's clearly across the board. I mean. There, it's not like there's a new car company saying I can make a car for twenty five grand. I'm going to do it. I mean, there isn't. 
These guys love right. the fact they're selling they're selling eighty percent as many cars for for two hundred at, at a at a margin they've never seen. Why why do they want? Right. I mean, if I have to close a plant, keep the prices up, what's the difference? Well, uh, you know, it's an interesting argument. That is an interesting argument that they could do that. Um, although I'd like to, I'd like to believe that you know, as the economy goes through this uh, coming recession, which I think you know we're still we're still yet to see, and I think it's going to be actually twenty twenty three. The recession is going to get worse. Um, that that should help to reprice right all 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 facets of it, right. So you're going to see the PPI come in, right? The cost of manufacturing at the producer level that's going to come in, and once that starts to really weaken. That takes you know, four to six weeks to start to make its way through the economy right. and, and reflect itself in the CPI. Um, so I think that's the only way you're going to see all that happen, right, is when the economy goes into a deep enough recession that you can't do the car deals are not selling cars. Well, but I, I just, I guess what I'm wondering, if, if, and this is just I'm speculating because I know you're you know, one of the few people that understands what in God's name I'm talking about. When you talk about gasoline prices, even today, yeah, your gas pl- your your gas stations are are compared to other industries are pretty competitive. Yeah. Um, so if if all of a sudden the demand for gas drops a little because people aren't going anywhere, you're going to see that reflected at the pump pretty quickly. I, I don't right. know. I don't know how. I don't know how deep a recession you have to go for for Home Depot to say we're going back to two by four prices like they were before COVID, even though wholesale level that's where they are. I I think that's. I I don't see that. We we have to we have to be we have to be 1935 before that happens, because that's how powerful these places are, in my opinion. I mean, what's well, going to happen for? Maybe it spawns. Yeah, but then maybe it spawns competitors, right? People are saying, okay, some people charge way too much, and they spawn competitors who are willing to undercut and cut the price, and then that'll force right that that process will force the other people in the industry either to cut prices or not. But that's always the way that works, right? It spawns. Yeah. The economy will spawn new opportunities, and those new opportunities will be okay. How do I undercut Home Depot because they're not really they're not cutting their prices, they're not coming back to reality. When when you don't have to sell wood for you know twenty dollars, however they sell it, right? Um, they're going to start cutting prices. Well, how and bad that will put pressure on the whole system? How bad would it have to get for the medical community and the prescription drug company to do the same? We'd have to be destitute. They are so yeah, well, I agree. I think I think medicine and medical companies and pharmaceuticals, you know, march a different beat. Although, if you listen to Joey, you know, he saved the world because starting in you know twenty twenty six or twenty twenty eight, you know, they put a cap on on drug prices, so it's all great. You know, he's helping inflation. Yeah, five years out. Is that, right? is, that, is, that, is, that, that. is that is that is that one of pharmaceuticals the... have always marched their own beat? So it's going to be difficult to see prices in the pharmaceutical industry really respond to. A deepening uh, recession or Fed rate hikes and all that. Because remember, pharmaceuticals and healthcare is stuff that people need, right? Even in a, even in a recession, people are going to go out. They need healthcare. They need drugs. They need consumer staples. They need utility. They need energy. So those things will will be defensive in a downturn, uh, but it's not going to cause necessarily the pharmaceuticals to start cutting prices. Well, on the same day, I know we have to let you go here, Kenny. But on the same day last week, might have been a day apart. Uh, Biden comes out with some huge plan to help people with their utility bills. And the same yeah. day, the state of Illinois gave Commonwealth Edison yet another $50 million increase. <laughs> so, wait, how, how, how stupid are we collectively? I, 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 I yeah. can't even... I mean, is, that, is that crazy to read read the two articles sitting next to each other? Yeah, mm. it's ridiculous. But that's because one end, you know, left end is one end. As a matter of fact, Biden was quoted yesterday, you know, talking about how he expects 
the election to produce um, uh, results that the Democrats are going to take even more control in both the House and the Senate. Like they're going to get more control in this election. How out of touch is that when the polls have been saying for six months, listen, you already lost the House, and the Senate's probably right behind you, so wake up. Um, I, I read, I've read a bunch of stuff on the Senate, and it's uh, one of the groups said, well, if you take everybody who's within 1% or 1.5%, right. you could easily go from, I don't think so, I'm going to say, say the Republicans come in at 52, but 51, 52, but uh, the uh, one guy said it could be 47 to 56 Republicans. If you take the, the seven races that are too close to call, if you take them all one way and then all the other way, that's how big the, the flux could be. Right, the flux could be. But you can be sure, and he said it again yesterday too. Is don't don't be don't be prepared for any answers tonight because the race is going to be so close. It's going to take days to count all the votes and to make sure that everyone's vote counted. That's what they they're already preparing you for that. The mainstream media, well, along the, with the president. The, the, so the, I'm not even sure we're going to have an answer tonight. Well, if it's if some, it's real, in some of those states. If it's real close, it looks like there's going to be a runoff in Georgia. Right, right, and that'll be December sixth. I think they already picked the date for that. Who's who's the independent there? Kenny Polkari. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I, you know, I wanted to get into politics when I was an eighteen and nineteen year old, and then I decided after my experience at the New York Stock Exchange that politics was the last place I wanted to be. So, were you ever on the no, board? Did you, did you ever run for the board there? I was, a, I was a governor at the New York Stock Exchange. So I was very involved before it was before it was public when it was still a private institution. I was very involved in, a, you know, on a committee level, rising up as a governor. But once the place went. Once the place went public, I was not part of the board. Oh yeah, well, so you were actually a a, a, a member f- board member when you were there. It's, I, I was like, I, that's what I was the SIBO. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. When I was a member, I was a member for thirty eight years, but I was, uh, you know, I worked my way up. I became a, a full official, then a senior full official, then a governor, and then you get more involved in the institution. Oh, I understand. Yeah, I, I, I get. You and I have to swap stories someday. Take care of yourself, buddy. Right. B, are you wearing the goatee? Are you doing the goatee on TV or no? No, no, I'm like doing my. I just had my beard trimmed. I look all good, right? I'll you always the information. You can, you always you can stream it live. Yeah, why don't mm. you send it to me? I'd love to listen. SP Viewers up now. Nancy Viewers up 56. Be right back, Professor Helsner. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 
7. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. Five six. That's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex offering an intuitive. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 7. NASDAQ Futures up 47. We got a couple of uh, earnings that didn't do so hot. We had Lyft as, uh, I'll, get the, I'll get the real numbers here, but Lyft is kind of tanking a little bit. What do we lift is LYFT. It's down 229, so that's almost 20%. It's down to 11.85. And the other one is this uh, Take Two. I don't know if I got this up on my page, but they're down like 15, 20% as well. So some of these earnings that are... Uh, you know, kind of around, uh, not doing so hot. I mean, the, the, anything in the anything in the big tech or any of these other areas is allowing the basic industries are the ones that are driving us to the upside. It's been oil. I mean, this XLE goes up every single day. That's the oil piece of the S&P 500. I've got a bunch of clients that uh, we have money to put to work, and they want to, they said, well, we should put, put our stuff in some of the oils, and I can't really disagree with that, but boy, the thing is up every single day. I, it's hard for me to be gleeful about putting stuff oil may go higher but these companies have already uh, I think if I did anything in there I'd probably want to do more in the refiners than in the uh, the big oil companies but there's not really a, a decent refinery ETF uh, but I don't know I, I suppose I could I could there's some people on uh, TV representing like or uh, pushing like marathon uh, refinery and stuff and uh, I don't know might have to go that, that part but this, these are uh, when I was recommending the XLE, we have we got the we got the real Hellsnar. Yeah, the real ones in the house. I guess uh, imitation is the best form of uh, best compliment. I guess I don't know. <laughs> so, so we called the wrong number, and the guy admitted to being Hellsnar and said he was already on or something like that. It was quite. A, so I, I'm not sure. Maybe the only other house, the only other Hellsnar I know of on the planet is my one of the triplets. Al 2.0. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, is he, is he a, a third, or is he a junior, or what is he? Well, uh, we didn't give him a junior or a second, but uh, I, I nicknamed E 2.0. Oh, God. Now, yeah, if you're... 2.0 is better than 1.0, right? But, it, it, yeah, I don't know much about names and all this crazy stuff that people know, cousins and second cousins and once removed. Technically, if you're a junior, you're not a second, right? 
If you're a second, it'd be like if your if your dad was named Hal. Now he's the second, but he's not your. He's not a junior. Well, I think junior and second would be the same, right? It's like Gardner Minshew. They yeah. call him Gardner Minshew the second. But I don't think his dad is Gardner Minshew. That's what I'm saying. If I mean <laughs> theoretically, if your if your grandfather was Hal, you'd be the second. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. So not necessarily right. Sufficient, but not necessary. Necessary. Yeah, it's a. I mean, so it's, I don't know. I'm not into the, the naming part. Although I, I would say this, I would uh, I'd like to see you reach a pinnacle someday in your profession where you're just Hal. That'd be cool. I mean, uh, people confuse me with the uh, AI and Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Well, that's right? a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. That you'd be the computer, but the, yeah. But I mean, you want to be like Pele and Yao and uh, Gazelle, you know, those kinds of people. Well, I, I am Hal just to my students. I don't go by anything but Hal. I might go by H Dog, but uh, or, or you could be like Jack, Hal. Jack, Jack Dorsey, and then you get one of those crummy beards and and, and, and uh, Jack. Yeah, and, and explain how sorry you were that we got laid off as he cashed his nine hundred and seventy-eight million dollar check. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you people got laid off. See ya. Here's my check. Where's my money? See ya. <laughs> by, by the way, I am sorry, and I'm wearing my weird looking beard, and I'm wearing a. I dye T-shirt yeah. for your comfort. And by the way, where's my check? <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, Elon, I want my dividend. I want my dividend, Elon. I still own a billion dollars in the company. Yeah, well, he got his. I, 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 uh, I would love to see. I'm sure you know. There's probably one available. I'd, I'd love to see the list of who the people actually put up the money for this. Yeah, because they're, they're delisting it from the uh, exchange, right? Well, there's no there's no stock anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody got a check. Everybody. Uh, we had some people, and uh, and uh, they got the money in their account. Yeah! Wow! Man, yeah! That's crazy! It's a uh, so you can't, you can't even you can't even bitch about it. You got your dough. <laughs> you know, it goes yeah. under. Yeah. It goes, it's you got I, your private island in the Cayman. Yeah, right? you're, you're 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 good to go. And I I just boy, I mean, I, every you know, I, I I would think that there's you know, there's the talking heads on TV don't normally have agreement, but I'd say. What's the agreement and what's the things actually worth? Twenty, twenty-five. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I think he way overpaid for it. Yeah, I think when he put that deal out, it was before the uh, unraveling of the market, right? Yeah. So uh, it was. I mean, if you if you were if you had read Austin, a business cycle theory, or were aware of it, I think he would have. Uh, if he had maybe a diverse group of economists working for him, they would have said, "Dude, uh, the stock price and the stock market itself at the time were inflated by all the monetary and fiscal stimulus." We don't think it's worth forty-four, right? Yeah. I think if you had more diverse uh, people on his company, he would have paid a lot less for it. Um, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, well, now he's going to say that it's you got to pay eight bucks a month to be able to use it. I don't well, know. Well, that, that's to uh, have like the preferred service, and when you do uh, pay that eight dollars a month, you can also apply to get verified. So he wants everybody to ver- be verified. Well, I mean, I I don't. Which I think, uh, I, th- I think you got to offer a no-cost verification where you supply a driver's license and a credit card, and you don't get charged for it. And then, you know, um, for the additional services, you pay $8 or something. I think there ought to be two levels of, uh, um, I guess, blue check, you know, premium services. But I think everybody should be verified. I mean, if, you, if, er- if everybody had to supply a, a credit card number and a driver's license number or something, but that, but I think it would eliminate all the bots. Yeah, but that's that's the beauty of it. People get to say stuff that I don't even know who they are. 
Yeah, but I think that's the reason why it's so nasty. Because what I do, what I do when I comment on articles or tweet about stuff, I do it as Hal Snar. And if I make snarky comments that are hateful, then um, it reflects negatively on me. So me commenting as myself, and I'll mention this to people who are kind of ripping me on Twitter. I'll say, well, who are you? I'm Hal Snar. You can look me up. I'm... I was a professor at Westminster College. Now I'm a professor at Alliance University. Who are you, right? So I think having to be yourself online would increase the uh, respect, and it would be less of a bloodbath. Right? Well, it's also it's also way less desirable for the goofballs that don't want to know who they don't even know who they are. Yeah, the ones that are I think the ones that spend all day all day long on uh, Twitter that aren't robots are probably living in mom and dad's basement. Oh yeah. And they're, they're, they're Cartman in that episode of South Park. Mom! Ah, oh, yeah. Well, it's, it, it, when you think about it, if, if you go back to putting your ideas and nailing them up in the town square, you got to walk by people. they got to see you. You put it up there. You probably yeah. either, if you don't sign your name, they still know who the hell you are. Then you get to the point where you actually would write a letter to somebody and put your name and address. Yeah. And, and now all of a sudden. The dialogue's going to be more respectful. Yeah. Right, there's well, gonna be more volunteer exchange of ideas instead of this uh, hitting you over the head with a baseball bat kind of mentality that's going on Twitter now. Yeah, well, it's uh, well that you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know, I mentioned this with my wife. We had a, an experience where our son went to a public school in Brooklyn, and the teachers didn't live in the neighborhood, right? And for that reason, I don't think they, you know, I think a public school can be held accountable. The teachers can be held accountable. If you live in like a small community where you see your your kids' teachers at the grocery store, yeah, well, yeah. you see them on the sidewalk, you see them at a church, right? You see them at the library. But then when they live in Staten Island and they work in Brooklyn, all accountability is out the door, right? They don't have to be accountable to you at all. Well, that's right. I think public schools, public schools, if you know, if you have personal relationships with these teachers, then there's a kind of a moral accountability. Well, I, it's why I... Uh I don't, but I don't know how you in, in, enforce this, or enforce is a really a bad term. But if you were to go down to uh, Ogden Dunes, uh, Audrey, we well, used to have a place down there, and then I just got friends, and I have friends. So once in a while, we, we head down for Ogden Dunes, Illinois. Uh, yeah, well, it's in Indiana. It's on the shore. It's on the oh, beach. Oh, Ogden Dunes. Yeah, okay. so they have dunes. It's since the name. Of, well, they used to have dunes till the lake got high. Now they don't have any dunes. But uh, anyway, it's it's you know it's just. It's on. A, it's in the National Seashore area, Indiana. You, you've been through there, but uh, anyway, it's nice. So, but there's a lady there who's a. Is state. it? Uh, is it uh, kind of east of Gary, Indiana? Just a little east of Gary. Up in the north. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Gary. in the northeast, northwestern corner, right? Yeah. Well, there's Gary, and then there's a there's a something beach past Gary, and then there's a spot where nobody is because it's all kind of wild. And then the next one is August. You know, in my youth, I was driving my car through uh, Chicago and. Uh, I, stopped, I wanted to get a postcard, and I forgot to stop in Chicago, so I stopped in Gary, Indiana. And I pulled my car up to this gas station. I walked in. I go, hey, do you have any postcards? And this black woman, really nice black woman, she's behind, uh, I don't know, two inches of bullshit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And she goes, honey, you know where you at? <laughs> and I'm like, I look around, and there's nothing on the shelves. There's bullets. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying Chicago. I'm surprised there wasn't, like, a million lottery tickets you could buy. There probably <laughs> Yeah. Well, there was a lottery machine back there, but there was yeah. nothing on the shelves or a few things, and 
And when you basically a place where you bought lottery tickets and gas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the uh, but anyway, the, the lady who's the, uh, the state senator, never knew who she was. She was uh, maybe maybe five foot in a bad day. Uh, anyway, nice lady. She's a little cook out there. She is, you know. And you you could be. I was I'm going on. I said, boy, you know, I, I heard a lot about. Yes, yeah, I, I had a long long conversation with her about the budget in Indiana and the whole bit and how they had just spent a little too much. So they were going down next week to see where they could cut somewhere else because they had a they had a they had a balanced budget kind of a theme going. Well, I think Indiana has a budget. Uh, balanced budget can, uh, constitutional requirement. I'm not positive, but anyway, they were going down, and it's just like it's like talking to you. And, and she's at a cookout now. I don't, I don't see. You know, she wasn't a, a U.S. rep, but I don't yeah. see. You know, Mike Quigley showing up at my place for dinner. I mean, it's a. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure that you know those guys. They get more and more insulated as as time goes by, and uh, you know, and it, it's. I don't think it's so good. Teachers. I mean, in, in well, in my hood, it was such a an Irish Catholic ghetto. But the St. John Fisher, we had maybe half nuns and half lay teachers. So the lay teachers lived within two blocks, walked home with their kids, had lunch, and came back for the afternoon session. I mean, so I mean, everybody was they didn't have to have a car, you know, so they didn't make much money teaching, but they didn't need a car. They walked home for lunch, you know. It was like the costs were non-existent as well. So once you get away from that, I, I think there's a huge difference. In like a representative in small town America than there is in New York or Chicago. Chicago, you don't know. Well, that, that's why. That's why I believe in uh, um, government closest to people is the best government. And it's because you live and you interact with them every day. So instead of having this highly centralized federal government in D.C. where people can kind of hide from their constituents, or even at the state level, right? Because you know, in a state government. Uh, you know, Boise is a long ways from Lewis and Idaho, right? So yeah. I think I think the government should be decentralized to the county level, right? Well, and then you know, federal, federal government can do some stuff, but I think most of the things that uh, affect our lives should be handled at the county level. Well, the only the only issue, and I you know, this is my my argument. I'm not. I don't say it's a really horrible idea, but whenever people start talking about we need term limits, and I, I'm always on the opposite side of that argument. That not necessarily because I want to see people like Nancy Pelosi and, and Schumer hanging around, and who's the other guy? Uh, or Mitch McConnell. McConnell. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. Yeah. I want to see that, but it, I, I'm I don't like them more for them for themselves, not because of their age. <laughs> so, it's not because they're. I don't I don't dislike them because they're old. I dislike them because I think they're. Well, they, have, they, they, have, they have their allies in the media that allow them to engage in insider trading. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, well, right? there's no doubt about that. And then the Fed, I mean, everybody, it's, it's become a, a national sport to go to Congress and get rich. Well, that's, well, I guess where, where, I, where I was going with this is that you don't, uh, because of the money, I mean, everybody thinks, anyway, the, the term limits piece, is they say, well, if, if people were out, you know, if there were term limits, you wouldn't have all this money in government. And I think that's, I mean, one of, one of my, you and I have kind of a different sort of a skill set, I mean, in that you're much more theoretical and you actually believe in people and so forth. I mean, whenever somebody comes through with a rule you don't like, if you're on a trading floor, somebody's going to say, okay, well, what's the workaround? How do, how do we get around it? And oh, yeah, there's going to be a workaround. You so, know, maybe the spouse runs for office or something. Right? But I'm saying if you, right now, I'm going to say that the uh, people who who throw money, the lobbyists throw money like the prescription drug company. Every, everybody's fighting against prescription drugs going up. You have to go up every year because clearly they're paying off enough people to where they're being helped by Congress, not hurt. I mean, come on. Who's kidding who? Johnson Johnson's going to take over another place this week or somebody? I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a 
there's a, a concentration. The, the industry gets more concentrated by the week. Until somebody has the balls to say, there's not going to be another can, another uh, takeover in the healthcare business as long as I'm president. I mean, we're not, it's, it's going to get worse. But all, all that's going to happen, Carl, I think, is if... Carl, sorry, Hale. The, uh, the, is if, if, you, if you get rid of Pelosi and McConnell, you're going you're gonna to find the drug companies are starting to pay off people who got elected this week. All of a sudden, oh, yeah. I mean, they're just going to run it down. Shift, the, yeah. yeah, they're just going to run it down the chain. So all of a sudden, somebody who never they, they, they use that they use that uh, we call it economics that additional firm surplus from their monopoly position yeah. that is granted by government to do what? They, right now, they're giving it to they're giving some of it to Pelosi and they're giving some of it to Mitch McConnell. But if they terminated people, they would just give it to the new people, right? right. And all of a sudden, you know what? I actually read something. I don't worry. I don't know who sent it to me. Uh, one of our guys had to do with how much the drug companies now are dropping. They're actually they're actually paying people off in state legislatures, which ten years ago they never did, because a lot of the money now is being well, you know, directed the, by states. You know, you wouldn't think this, but Utah's a Republican state, right? And Utah's wanted choice in their school systems, right? They wanted to have more charter schools. They also, I think, a lot of Utahns wanted the government to uh, instead of paying the administrator. They wanted the government, the state, to give the money to the parent so the parent could then or let the, the money flow with the kid to a private school of their choice. Well, guess what the teachers union did? Oh, yeah. Well, the, the same thing in Chicago. paid off all the Republicans, and they voted that, that down. to strength, And they voted to strengthen the public school monopoly in Utah. So you wouldn't think that would happen, but that's, that's what would happen with if you uh, term limit to these people, right? They just go right down the chain, and that's why... You know, people who are one side or the other are so convinced that their side isn't crooked and the other side is. The fact is, I mean, they, they pay both sides. I mean, there's no... Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a big game. I think it's a really a big game. And the choice is really crap or crappier, right? Yeah. And on the right, the crappier is the Democrats. On the left, the crappier is the Republicans. So it's just one big game. And I think, I think these people, they do a good job of acting. Because all we see is the... We, we see the puppet show, right? We see the puppet show in Plato's cave, right? We don't see the puppet masters, no, right? No. So what we're seeing is the puppet show. And we see that Pelosi hates McConnell, McConnell hates Pelosi kind of thing, right, on TV. But I think when the cameras are turned off, I think they all get along pretty well. They get, they get along because they're all, they're all dipping in the same pie. Oh, man, they got their toe in that pond, right? <laughs> well, you know, the weird part is they, they, they can say really horrible things about each other. But they will never yeah. call the other person out for getting money from somebody. Oh no! Uh, and they'll vote 80, 80, 20 in the Senate on a voice vote to uh, get the Stock Act about the time the Boston Marathon bombing went on, right? Well, they'll do it on a voice vote, so there's there's no record of it, right? Right. It'll be eighty twenty, right? Well, and you know, I get my uh, <laughs> my weekend people I hang with, uh, not mentioning any names or. Becoming more and more conservative and right wing every every week. I, mean, I don't, you know, it's bizarre to me, but uh, you, you really. No, I, I think what happened. I think it's what happening happening. Tom is the parties are drifting so far to the left that your 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 um, I don't know your politics have just been absorbed by the right. That's because both are moving to the left, right? You cannot. There's no way JFK. Could run as Democrat today? No, he would be probably considered a right wing wacko today, right? Well, Clinton, I mean, but, but, a lot of the stuff that Clinton did, he'd be considered a right wing wacko today. Well, but, but uh, so, the Republicans can't handle uh, what's his name? Your your senator, 
Uto, tell us his name. Oh, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that uh, Romney yeah. doesn't endorse uh, Mike, Le- Mike Lee, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, mean, I, would, I would vote for Romney tomorrow. I mean, he, to me, he's a moderate uh, guy in the middle. And I would, but yeah. if the, the weird part is, is that I don't know how long you can go with 15% of the people on each side controlling. What, what are the people, one of the most interesting uh, interviews I ever heard was these two guys from Indiana. One of them was, uh, was Evan By. He's an older dude now, and, uh, and and he was an older Democrat, and there was this other guy who was an older Republican. And they were talking about how much, in their day, they agreed on just about everything. They were both moderates. You yeah. know, and, and they were saying now the people in the middle have allowed the, the extremes in either party to take over their parties. And one of them, I don't well, know. I think, I, think, I think part of that, part, what really kind of explains that is social media, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Democrats have their echo chamber, Republicans have their echo chamber, and they don't hear from the other side, vice versa. And I think that, that extremism on, in social media, where voices get amplified within these bubbles, yanks people, you know, in, on TV, to yeah. the left or the right. But I think, in reality, I think most of these people are probably in the middle somewhere, and they're just using, they have to play the game, right? They have to play this game of right outrage or yeah. left outrage. And so we think that the country's really divided. I don't really think that the country's all that divided, right? Well, I think we're going to have a red wave today, and it's because Biden ran as, you know, returning to normal. But, man, he's governing over there with AOC in New York, right? He's, yeah. gover- he's over there governing, right? And, and I think what, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a, a blessing for the Republicans. Basically, Americans saying, dude, you guys said you're going to be moderates. We're going to, we're voting for the center here, right? That's why there's going to be a red wave. So the Republicans can't, the Republicans can't uh, take this as a mandate to govern way over on the right, right? The mandate's going to be, hey, you guys said you're going to be moderate. Let's be moderate. Let's be centrist. Well, but nobody, I don't, I'm not so sure. The thing, the thing you don't want, well, in one man's opinion, the thing you don't want to have is every two years we flip to the other side because the other side's not doing anything. I mean, that seems to be the yeah. pattern we're in. But yeah. but the, the point is, I don't think people necessarily want... There, there'd be like four or five really big changes that I think you and I would agree on uh, if, if, if we ever had any kind of power. And boy, oh boy, they would be, they would be as unpopular well, I, I as think the, I think the way you kind of get rid of the corruption in D.C. is you got to stop the moral hazard the Fed has to... The Fed has to print the money to cover the deficit, right? They have to end this ability for these people to spend more than what we take in tax revenue. You just got to end that, right? And then the Fed can focus on, you know, if you want to keep the Fed, let it focus on growing the money supply, like we've talked about, maybe 2%, 3%, looking at M2, year over year, just growing that nice and steady. Don't worry about high unemployment. Don't worry about low unemployment. Don't worry about consumer price stability. Just grow the M2 at a nice low pace, and then you you um, don't allow for these um, budget deficits, right? And then I think you you solve it, right? I think you solve a lot of that corruption, I would, a lot of that pork. I would I would say, you know, that well, you know what I I really wish we get two minutes to talk about this, and then we'll c- carry over with the break. But I really wish you were right. I don't I don't think you are. When I, when I say I would love to just be able to get in there and, and and point out the proper way, fix stuff going forward, and just you know let bygones be bygones. 
I don't see that happening. I think it's too entrenched. I, well, I, don't, I don't see it happening either. But I'm saying, there's too much money involved, right? I'm saying I, I would... I honestly, too much of a scrape-off for all these people. I, but I honestly believe, and I would not be the person that want to do this. I don't... I don't I, I have a feeling I know what I have, you have to do police work in Chicago. I don't want to be the guy who does it. I mean, I just... I have a feeling that the only way is for somebody, and I don't know if you need armed guards, and I'm surely not talking about a, a totalitarian takeover. I think a real lot of people in the drug industry and the congressmen that have been trading on their information, I think they all need to be in jail. I think we need a, a massive shock of, no, these are the laws, you're breaking them, you can't get away with it just because you're a big shot. That has to happen, and I don't, I don't want to be the yeah. person who does it. But I mean, well, if you if you can do that, and then you can say, look, you got you can only spend up to what you collect in taxes every year, and then we go to a tax system where it's a, a transaction tax, and the Fed focuses on them too. I think you would see unparalleled prosperity in the United States. You would see all kinds of innovation, entrepreneurship. See, I don't, I don't, I don't think people do have to be treated equally under the law. But I'm, I'm going to be uh, that's not happening right now. I'm gonna, my brother's big on this uh, different type of taxation, and I'm going to argue with you the same way I do with him. The same people who have corrupted corrupt this system will corrupt the other system. It's corruption is the problem, yeah. not the system. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with most things of government, uh, it's the choice between crappy and crappier, and I yeah. think it's uh, hard to figure out which ones of those are, right? But, that's but I would argue that the least crappy would be to treat every transaction equally under law. Well, okay, but... No matter you, what stage of production. You're, right? su- you're supposed to be treating everybody... Equally on the income tax, except it didn't work out that yeah. way. SP Futures up no, eight. Nasdaq no. Futures up forty-seven. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. 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 Right the whole 45, so the rest of the Dow is pretty much balanced here in terms of what people. Home Depot is up buck 55. Over in Europe, we've got uh, the DAX up 51.4 percent, FTSE up 76 cents. Call that flat. Uh, Kakaron up five bucks. Call that flat. So marginally up over in Europe. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 344. That's 1.2 percent. Shanghai down 13. These guys were up big yesterday. It's 0.4 percent. Hang Seng down 38.2%, but they're at 16.557, and we are Tuesday. I'm going to say last Wednesday morning, maybe Tuesday morning, they touched 14.4, so they've bounced back a solid 15% in three or four days, but they were really down there at 14.4. Bonds, 10-year minus a a tick to 4.20. They went up two ticks, 2.34. Japan unchanged, 0.25. Oil. Uh, minus 32 cents, 91.47, still above 90 bucks. Brent down 9 cents, 97.83. Natural gas down 46 cents, 6.51. Arbob 265, which again makes you wonder why some people are paying 5.50 for gas. It's a refinery problem, if it's a distribution problem, or if it's stealing or something. Uh, gold down 3 bucks, 16.77. Silver down 4 cents, 20.87. Copper up 4 cents, 3.64. We've got crypto, a uh, big move in Bitcoin, down le- almost 1200 bucks, 19651 We've got the U.S. dollar, almost exactly one at parity with the euro, 0.9993 is the euro. So that, uh, And the British pound is uh, actually down almost a whole point at 1.14, so the dollar is a little stronger today. That's why you see gold uh, down a little bit when it was up pretty big yesterday. Mm-hmm. We have for us traffic weather uh, sports, man. Hey, good morning. Currently 7.35 a.m. on Monday, uh, a- uh, November 8th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago looking fairly normal this morning, uh, but weather as well in Chicago uh, today expect a high of 58 degrees and a low of 44. Uh, currently temperatures at 45. Expect mostly sunny skies throughout the day. In Phoenix, clear skies, high of 81, low of 52. Currently temperatures at 52 degrees. Hope you saw that partial lunar eclipse this morning, though it caused the moon to look a rusty red here in the U.S. If you missed it, you'll have to wait until the next one in 2025. Uh, for sports, last night in the NBA, Bulls at home with Toronto Raptors. Uh, Bulls win at 111-97. to Phoenix Suns played Philadelphia 76ers and lost. Phoenix 88, Philly 100. Week 9 of the 2022 NFL season ended last night with Baltimore Ravens playing uh, Saints in New Orleans. 
Ravens ended up taking home a win with a final score of 27-13. Ravens leading in the AFC North with six wins and three losses this season. So for me, back to you, Chief. The um, uh, we had a full moon yesterday. You know, did, did you uh, oh, mention, yeah. did you mention that in the uh, in the meteorological uh, your report? I did not, but I, I sure saw it last night before. But before the the, the uh, actual eclipse, beautiful, gorgeous. Do you think Al would know what what name that moon is? The November Ooh. moon. I actually, I think I, s- I want to say I saw it recently. It was, if it wasn't the Beaver Moon, was the it wasn't the Buck Moon? Was it That's the Beaver Moon? The Beaver Moon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, the hell no. They, they can't even see the moon <laughs> in New York, so he didn't probably know. Yeah, it's all blacked out by the buildings. It's all blacked out. <laughs> we here in Chicago, we're down the earth, and we can yeah, see, it. See, see see the stars for miles. Yeah, the bubber in the suburbs, you can see all this stuff. <laughs> of course, in Utah, you probably could too. I would oh, think. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. So, um, hell, are you? Uh, there's two two schools of thought on the blue moon. Which school are you? How do you define a blue moon? A blue moon. A blue moon. Isn't that isn't that a micro beer? Oh God! <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, uh, I'm that happy. No. <laughs> anyway, the uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll t- uh, talk about that another day. But there's two definitions of a blue moon. Just saying. Hmm. One would be the the second full moon in the month. I know, uh, isn't there a song from the 1950s about blue moon? Uh, yeah, well, there, right. one would be the second full moon in one month. Hmm. Uh-huh. That's one definition. And the other is there's a, there's the first full moon in a quarter, the second and the third. And if there, uh, there's, there's the first, the second, and the last. Hmm. So if if there's a blue moon, there's four full moons in that quarter. So they name the third one. It doesn't have a name. It's neither the first, it's neither the, first the second, nor the last. The third one they named the blue moon. Ah. Well, you couldn't name it Five Ace Moon, right? Could, yeah, I could name it Five Ace Moon. <laughs> well, always the mathematician. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, you know, I the um, reading here thing about auto loan delinquencies. Uh, the thing I'm trying to get to here, um, you know, is, is is any of this stuff tradable? I mean, you and I know, I think we know because we you know we know how to add and subtract. Even though it hasn't happened yet, we've had Audrey and Nancy on saying these housing prices. Have not come down. Although yesterday I did read something nationally, they're down like 11 percent uh, with the mortgage rates going up. You and I know in our heart of hearts, there's no way on earth that you're going to more than double mortgage rates in a six-month period and not have an ensuing—I'll use the term—collapse in housing prices, or shall we say, a drop in house prices. You and I know this is this is as much as we know that it's going to be night nighttime come night that's going to happen. And yet, it seems to be delayed. It hasn't happened yet, really. Yet, we know that this is a, a bomb waiting to happen. And I'm looking at his auto loan delinquencies. is shooting through the moon. Is is all the stuff in COVID where you didn't have to pay is off now, and people all of a sudden have to pay. This, this stuff, people cannot afford stuff at these prices. They just can't. I mean, how, how, does, how does this play out, Hal? Is there any chance that we can somehow weasel out of this without a problem, a big problem? Well, uh, I might like a permabear, but uh, I don't think there is. Um, I think, you look at the uh, Case-Shiller National Home Price Index, it's headed down, I think it's going to drop, it's probably going to drop to, I would say, back to trend before COVID, so I would say it's going to probably drop back down to 220. It's, I think it's over 300, it peaked at 300. So I think it's going to, I think that bubble's going to burst. Um, and I think uh, people have to prepare for it, man. I mean, you, you look at diesel fuel. We were talking about it last week. Apparently, like, there's only 25 days of 
diesel fuel is maybe one of the lowest on record. Um, a town in Pennsylvania was on the news this morning talking about how the diesel pumps uh, are empty in her town. Yeah. So I think I think this stuff's going to get pretty bad. And if the winter is, if the winter is cold, and it looks like it might be pretty cold, uh, it's going to get really bad for people in the Northeast. They're they're kind of cut off. They're like Europe. You know, uh, New England, the New England states, they're going to be, they're going to have a pretty rough winter, I think. Well, and if you remember when the, uh, the wind turbines froze in Texas, yeah. after that really, really cold winter a couple yeah. years ago, yep. some of those people had energy bills of thousands of dollars a month. Yeah. Right? So I think, I think, I think this winter, if it's cold, it can, it can get pretty rough. Well, I'm not sure if I want to be in office, right? I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to be that Republican that just gets office. Because well, you know, there's, office there's in November because you're going to get blamed. Well, there's all there's all this kind of uh, shall we say cross currents, and if you listen to the Republican right, which I do every weekend, uh, the entire issue, and, and, and there is some of this. There's no. I mean, every whenever anybody says something, even if you don't agree with them, there's usually a fact in there that you could pull out that's true, right? What 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 did Hitler used to say? Something along the lines that if uh, if you really want to be uh, give a crazy speech, it has to be ninety percent factual. Mm. <laughs> you know, and and and, and, it's, and you know, it's the conclusion is is you know way out there, but that's that's okay. But you can only you can only get to the conclusion if the rest of the speech is factual or perceived to be factual. I mean, there's no question that that the Biden administration and all their, especially the wackos in California, in my opinion, have this have, have, have put the death knoll on the fossil fuel industry way earlier than the death knell can possibly come. Because yeah. we're not ready. If, if somebody were to be intelligent enough to say, on, on January 1st we're starting uh, 15 new nuclear reactors that are be way safer than the ones we have now and they're going to last 60 years, and they're going to produce X number of electricity, and by the way we've got these many windmills and these many solar things and some tide work going, all, all the stuff I'd love to see. And it looks to us that it, at, at 10 or 15 years from now, we're going to have so much electricity, that would be the time that we should decide to go almost all electric on cars, because, oh, by the way, the batteries will be yeah. better. Some semblance of... can't support all these electric vehicles. Yeah, some, yeah. some semblance of common sense. Now, in, in, this is a long story, unfortunately, Hal, but if, if that, the, that the Biden administration has not been conducive to you and I raising $2 billion to build a refinery, because the, the the payback is probably ten years, and they're telling you there's not going to be any cars in ten years, which is BS to start with. But that's what they're telling you. Yeah. And so okay, but now cut back to there's three or four refineries, rate refineries that are down for repair. And I read some story last week about the oil guys basically got together and say we're not bringing those back online because we don't think that the administration is favorable to refineries. Um, okay, I'm going to say. Hell, then in, in my world, if I'm in the Oval Office, I'm going to go get, I'm going to send my people out, well, I don't want to say secret police, but I'm going to send my people out, and all those people are going to be in jail tonight because they had no business talking to each other and, and deciding to res- and dis- about restraining trade. You, you, can, you can't do that. I mean, the, the, the president of CBOE never just called up to chitty chat the president of the Philly talking about how we, how we can raise prices on people. You you can't do that. But now everybody thinks you can. It's okay. That That's a felony, for God's sake. 
I mean, it, I'm, granted, the Biden administration is screwing this up, but it still doesn't give these other guys the right to say, guess what? We got five refineries. We did the math. We had some goofball in there like me or you doing the math saying, if we don't open up any of them, oh, the price will be so high, we're going to do even better. So guess what? We decided not to do it. And they, they don't seem to even have a problem with telling you that. Which, I, How can that even be? Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I mean, it just seems kind of crazy. I don't think... Uh, I think this ESG stuff is kind of falling apart, too. Um, you have these states defunding. Uh, they're taking their funds out of the BlackRock group because the BlackRock group is pushing all this ESG stuff. Yeah. And the funny thing about these, these rules and regulations is maybe they work in the short run, right? And you create these shortages and artificial scarcities, and prices tend to go up. But when prices go up, man, entrepreneurs are very cagey people. Entrepreneurs are willing to take on risk. If they can find the financing, they're gonna they're gonna find a way to enter a market that has above average margins. Oh, in the sure. short run they can't do it, but in the long run, they'll find a way to, to jump in there and grab those margins. It's like that the T V show Flipping Vegas, I'm not sure if you ever saw it. Oh no. It was on AMC. And he was kind of a obnoxious guy, kind of abusive to his wife. You know, they play that stuff up, right? But he, and I tell this student to my students all the time. He's driving around in a in a uh, customized Lamborghini. What if he tells all the people in Vegas there are above average, yeah. way above average margins in this industry, and perhaps that's why his show lasted three years, right? First couple years, he's the only guy at the auction. He's spending $40,000 on a house at auction. Year four or five, there's 10 people at these auctions, and his margins shrank up, and he's out of business, yeah. right? So I think, I think over the long run, entrepreneurs are very smart people, uh, they take risk and they figure out how to jump in markets with ex- above average margins. And the key for the incumbent is to use those above average margins to purchase the favors from the politicians, whether the Democrat or Republican. Well, your your uh, man Milton Friedman and my man too. Whenever he gave examples, he always had his two or three examples that he always used on industries that were essentially supported by the government to not have to become. I'll use the term monopolistic or oligarchic, whatever the term is, whatever it is. Uh, and he would talk about the cab companies because the permits were issued by the city and regulated the amount of cabs could be on the street. He'd talk about uh, the doctors because the amount of medical schools that were allowed to exist was essentially decided by Artificial the, scarcity. Yeah, by the, by the... Artificial scarcity. By the... What's the doctors, the AMA? Uh, they... They were there, and what the hell was the third one? I don't know, was it, oh, it would be uh, your utilities, your Commonwealth Edison, those kinds of people. Um, so they were they were his three examples. Now I think he could he could have a hundred examples. <laughs> I, mean, I think he could, yeah. yeah I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I would. We had a uh, Greg was on uh, last Monday. Well, he's on every Monday. He was talking about that the wholesale price of lumber. When you say, you know, stuff goes up and down and has the Fed making some sort of progress with, you know, the money supply being steady for a while. Wholesale price of lumber is below, according to this is a week ago, I don't know where it is now, was a, was below the start of COVID. And I, I'm just going to, I'll make, I'll, I'll bet you a beer, you know, a good beer, that if we went into Home Depot and I could, if, if my receipts from all the stuff I do, you know, they, those receipts they get at Home Depot now, if, after three months, you can't read them, even if you put them in a cool, dry place. I'll bet if I researched <laughs> something three months or three years ago, a two-by-four I bought versus the current price, 
I'll bet maybe they've they've come down 50% from their peak. They're nowhere near where they were before COVID. So Yeah, I, I was just in a Lowe's uh, a couple weeks ago buying uh, uh, material for the house and uh, sheetrock, 2 by 4s they're nowhere near. I, I don't see how it could be anywhere near what it was before co- no. uh, the pandemic. So you guys, not. you guys in Utah... So the, the government's lying if it's saying it is. We, we have... Somewhat of a fighting chance here, a, f- a somewhat of a fighting chance. I'll use the term somewhat because we have Menards in the Midwest, which is a pretty big, yeah. com- tr- com- you know, competitor to those guys. But I'm going to say, well, if I was, I guess I was on the South Side, I could still go to Fax's Lumber. But those guys, um, they used to be the, the the lumber place for all the everybody who was a carpenter, every remodeling. Now I think they've gone right for the the high end stuff where they're designing the kitchens and stuff. Where I don't think it used to be. You waited for the faxes, uh, you know, for sheetrock was two twenty five versus two seventy five, and you go load up on thirty pieces of sheetrock just because you knew you needed it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's that kind of competition coming from uh, independents like there used to be. What do you? Well, you and, uh, I know you used to be Ernst Home uh, Home Improvement and Lowe's and Home Depot move into these a lot of these communities, but the Ernst and uh, I think the, I think my uh, cousin's wife was accountant for Ernst and. She was telling me that after Home Depot and Lowe's moved in out of Falls, they uh, stopped their operation, but they were paying. They continued to pay on their uh, uh, their their lease, right? They signed a twenty five year lease, and it took forever for that that business to be converted into like an Albertsons grocery store. And I always bring that up when you're talking to students about having to cover your fixed cost. Is it better to shut down entirely, or is it better to um, continue and? Pay your fixed cost, right? You know that those diagrams in, in microeconomics, and I'll use that as an example because they continue to pay their lease. They had to pay, they had to cover that, right? Yeah, so, does, any, does anybody yeah, at these uh, schools that you've been in, which is a few, does anybody teach cost accounting anymore? Cost accounting? Yeah. Oh yeah, we we have cost accounting. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems like it's a skill that uh, when you when you even talk about the definitions to people, they they look like you have two heads. They, they look at you like you're nuts. Well, I think I think cost accounting to a lot of the extent it's kind of been automated by software, right? So, um, but yeah, we still have cost accounting. We have managerial accounting. Yeah. We have we actually at Alliance University we have uh, the principles of accounting one and two, and then we have cost managerial accounting in their junior and senior year. Okay, well that's cool. I mean, because I, I, I it seems like I never hear the def I never hear anybody talking about it on TV. What somebody's variable cost, what somebody's fixed cost. Yeah, accounting accounting glosses. I mean, it makes my eyes glaze over, honestly. Um, tax, law, tax, doing taxes, all that stuff just makes my eyes gloss over. I have no interest in doing that. My brothers, uh, they do my taxes for me because we started a business together in Lewis and Idaho. Lewis and Idaho and Clarksville, Washington. I told them if I start this business with you guys, you have to do my tax for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's what they do, man. Well, speaking of which. It's no fun doing that stuff. Speaking of which, what do you. One of the other things I, I always am harping about is. This idea that you can only take three thousand off of capital against your, there have to be people these years that this year that have all this Amazon and Apple and all these all these stocks. There's got to be people with tax losses that they can't do anything with. I mean, oh yeah. Well, I mean, the tech industry seems like it's kind of collapsing, right? And I think that has to do with the fact that what half their revenues are overseas. So when you have the the Fed tightening and every other central bank wanting to do the opposite, and the currencies are going in drastically opposite directions. I mean, I think that's one reason why you see these tech, com- these tech companies kind of uh, collapsing. 
uh, you know, think going back to the lumber, the reason I think the reason why lumber is down is because we probably have a recession in home building, right? Home prices are peaking. Yeah. Home prices are going to come down. I think they're going to. I think they're going to come down dramatically. Uh, you know, people can't afford to buy a house when interest rates are. When they were, they're like, what, 3%, now they're like 7%? Well, do you see what happened to uh, those Twilio guys the other day? These guys were... Uh, what's that? St- the Twilio? They're the home builders, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. the stack's down to 46. It was uh, uh, December of 21. It was 300 and something. Yeah. That's a number. Yeah. Home prices in New York City are just out of control. I think my in-laws paid under 200000 in 1997 for the current house, and it probably... But so uh, probably market value now is probably over two million. It's just not. Well, at some at some point, somebody's got to say <laughs> it's yours and go live somewhere else for three hundred thousand and wait for it to come down. I mean, it. I mean, people don't look at their house that way, but they, they think of it. Well, let's put it this way: people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lob one at you. you know, people look at their house as a consumption good and not an investment good. And in fact, it's yeah. it's it's easily both, and maybe sometimes more is it a. I mean, there, there comes a time, I mean, we saw it in 2008, where you want to sell your house, rent for a year, and then go buy it back for half half what it was. You know, the, time, <laughs> the timing on that is obviously very difficult. And if you walk in and tell your wife, by the way, I'm selling the house, I think she, you might have a cast iron pot upside your head. But, well, um, my brother Rod has a little bit more of a problem. Uh, they rent a lot. They rented a lot when the kids were young. And uh, it's a joke in our family that uh, Crystal will go home. And the key won't work because Rod moved him in a different rental, two houses down. <laughs> well, you know my without telling us why. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about in the old days. My my, my aunt and uncle that were a little odd, the yeah, kind of the odd couple. But uh, he didn't want to. He didn't care much about where he lived. And uh, she says, "Well, I'm, I'm, we're getting a new apartment." And he goes, "Well, go ahead." She goes, "I got us a new apartment." He says, "Fine, just." I'm going to work. Let me know right. Let me know the address I come home to. <laughs> he just went home. Here I am. Walked in the front door. And just, yeah, I guess I like the new place. Yeah. <laughs> no I don't think Crystal. I don't. I don't think my wife, my uh, brother's wife, was that happy about those kinds of moves. <laughs> well, you know, they. Yeah, nobody likes their their their, their nest being shaken up. But uh, it's, <laughs> what would you think? The Fed. They had a big meeting last week. You think one of them even shed a word? And hey, guys, you know we're up to like. Four percent, four and a quarter now, almost in a, in a six-year, six-month or, or one one-year T-bill, and our bank buddies are still paying people nothing. Do you think they even? Somebody should say, do you think we're being a little too nice to these guys? I mean, what what are we doing here? Why? why how can you? Know, honestly, honestly, I don't think any of these people in these government organizations that claim they're public servants, I don't think any of them consider what's going on with. Just regular, regular everyday Americans. I just don't think they care. I don't think the politicians care. They might front like they care. I don't think they care at all. I mean, it's like Governor Hochul in New York. She's like telling Lee Zeldin during the debate, uh, why do you keep harping about crime? Well, because a woman's raped at 5 o'clock in the morning. And he sh- the guy that raped her should have been in jail, right? Yeah. I don't think any of these people, the Fed, anybody on the board, they could care less what's happening to everyday Americans. They really, I don't think they care in the least bit. Well, if they're I, asked about it, they'll front like they do. Funny you should mention, I've only had a couple of times, maybe three times since I've been doing the show, where people really got after me that I was a total nincompoop and, uh, and were giving me a, a bunch of crap basically by Twitter and email afterward. Uh, one of which was I, 
I had the uh, guy was the head of the Chicago Public Teachers Pension Union, and I was mentioning stuff. Well, you know, when you have the the teachers keeping making more money and having bigger and bigger pensions, not that they don't deserve it, but the other people are kind of dragging. And if you, if you extend that out twenty years, you're going to find that the other people just, by the way, can't pay even if they even if they wanted to pay. And the guy's response was, uh, "Well." There's always enough money out there. You just got to keep taxing, and everybody just whines, but they really have the dough or something along those lines, which I, of course, was somewhat apoplectic about, but you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, it's not so much. Well, then my response was, me and my rich friends just don't want teachers to make any money. Well, that was that was not the my my intent at all. I'm just saying if you did the math and extended the time out, it's not something that can last forever this way. I mean, teachers getting 5% yeah. raises and the rest of the population getting 2% raises, at some point you got a problem there. But uh, anyway. Well, I think a bigger problem is the pension. Like, I was talking to New York City teacher in the neighborhood, and uh, now a neighbor. And three years ago, when he wasn't my neighbor, he told me that they were guaranteed 10% annual return on on the pension. I'm like, well, how does that work when, you know, some years you might only get 2% on the market, and other years you might get 8%. How do you get 10%? And I don't think he had an answer, but... You just take it from the tax. What he, what, he's, what, he, what he meant was the stupidos or, or the politi- the guys that are, are managing the pension picked 10% out as the return they thought they could get, and that's how they, that's how they funded it, which is stone-cold ignorant. But that's probably the number they picked. Anyway, the, the other one was that I said, if we really want to be involved, you've you got to assume your politicians are equal opportunity sleazebags. That if, if you, and I'm not talking about them personally, I'm talking about it, somehow it's, it's become this way. That if middle America... Well, I, I, think, I think it actually is it's pretty a time-honored tradition in the United States. If you well, go back to the 1800s, you watch the movie uh, Gangs of New York. Yeah. I mean, it, it tells you exactly how it worked in the 1800s. I mean, hey, you only voted five, today, five times today? Go shave. Vote again, right? Yeah, well, but I mean, I, what I'm saying is... is it's it, always been, I think it's always been bad. But take... take Dick Durbin, say he's say he's straight. I, I don't know, man, but say he's straight. The the people who are constantly in front of his face, constantly inviting him to speak, constantly shoving a check in his pocket, they're they're going to start to wear the guy down. Even if he's a good guy, they're always there. Oh yeah, they're just always yeah, there. They will, yeah. and then they'll, they'll wear him down. And he and all he's going to hear is their side of the story. And oh, by the way, they're probably pretty good at telling their side of the story. Most people are, right? God, your kids probably oh, yeah. are. I, I bet your kids are good, are pretty good at telling their side of the story. Hey, oh it, man, is Aiden good at trying to get mom and dad to do stuff for yeah. him? And he is really good. He's going to be a good lawyer. Well, the response is in the middle class. Even though the middle class has been lied to enough to say, I'm not talking about public unions, is private sector unions for many, many years their needs kind of aligned with the needs of the middle class. I'm not saying that they did it on purpose, but they just sort of did. Now they're they're useless. They're not, they're not, they're not anywhere near in Washington. So what I propose one day is we should start a sto- uh, Stocks and Jacks lobbying company, and everybody should send in 100 bucks. and whenever somebody shoves a $1,000 check in Durbin's left pocket, we're going to run behind it and shove it in his right pocket and say, that's not what we want to have happen. You should have seen the, the response. What's wrong with this chief guy? Why should I have to pay for my politics? Because everybody else is. I'm not saying it's, it's the right thing to do. I'm saying, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. And why, why do you think that, you know, sitting in a bar, drinking a beer, that somehow should do what you want him to do? When everybody else is, yeah. is actually approaching them, buying them dinner, shoving money in their pocket, and they're, they're going to listen to them more than you. Is, am I wrong? 
Well, that's kind of like what uh, Charles Murray was talking about in terms of the Constitution. Is there's no Constitution left? It's just, no, we we don't have a Constitution Republic. We have, you know, uh, uh, we have a democracy, uh, Roman esque type democracy empire, right? Yeah. And the way to fight the regulatory state would be we have this basically insurance fund that uh, challenges inspectors, basically engage in mass. Uh, civil disobedience with respect to obeying these uh, federal regulations. And, we, and people just kind of pay into it. And it's uh, instead of insuring against a tornado, you're insuring against the tornado that is the state regulatory well, uh, yeah. animal, right? It's well, coming well, after you. Well, yeah. and the federal government doesn't have enough resources to go after everybody that says we're not complying with this regulation. So well, it kind of, kind well, of seems like. We got uh, to dash, Shelby. You're right. They're, they don't enforce the laws against the big people. So. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. All right, bud, take care of yourself. Have a nice week. It's supposed to get cold this weekend. Uh, are you uh, going to any Giants yeah. games? Are you, uh, are you a football guy? Do you go to those games? I'm uh, I'm watching them all in my YouTube TV, so I'm okay with YouTube TV. Well, if I, get out, if I ever get out there, I want to go to a... a I want to see the new Nets stadium, and I want to see the remodeled Madison Square Garden. I can it, it's not a very pretty exterior, but I want to go to the Jets game. I think the Jets would be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, good. All right, bud, take care of yourself. That's <laughs> SP Futures up 13 now. NASDAQ Futures up 73. We're back up to where we were when we came in. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 708- 349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. gin joints in all the towns in all the world she walks into mine